Hello and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. I'm Jeff Hopkins and I'm joined by my good friends Richard Manfredi. Hello. And Michael Winfield. Howdy. And they've asked me to jump in and serve as judge and jury to decide who's right. This topic is a topic that I came up with. Uh, I love video games and they're something I kind of feel an emotional connection to. Just like a good movie, you feel kind of immersed and involved with them. But throughout my life and experience playing, there have been these games that are just fiendishly challenging in where they shouldn't be on a certain level, where one level's easy, one level's hard, or they just something about them, like the graphics are great, but the playability of them is flawed, um, or a game franchise where one iteration of that is really good, and then they put on a new game that totally goes against it. So I, I want to find out from these guys what the uh, video games that broke their heart or ruined their spirit were. So uh, who wants to start? I'll go ahead and go first. Um, so my first one, it's kind of my secret shame here, guys. It's kind of a therapy session happening a little bit. This isn't, this isn't ice cream in the bathroom, is it? No, it's nothing like that. There is no, no vans with, without windows involved. Thanks, guys. We know you shave your back. This is a video this game is, this, thing. Oh, yeah, this is the video game oh, called yeah. Shave Your Back. Um, it's Japanese. Right. Very <laughs> weird. Lots of pixelation. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Okay. Because... I couldn't beat Mike Tyson. Well, you should, you should, write, you should write a rap much song like, about it. Much, much like Fresh Prince, I thought I could beat Mike Tyson. Now I know I can't. You're Robin Givens. I, no, this is not. I think I could get beat by Mike Tyson. Oh, That's different. Uh, I got I to say, I'll jump in real quick. Uh, I've never beat him either. I do know... I do know the code to right. jump right to Mike Tyson. 007-373-5963. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't need the code. That's the thing. I can, I can beat... Any of the other characters, Super Macho Man, any mm-hmm. of the other ones, no problem. Yeah, and I know, and like I know how to beat Mike Tyson. You dodge the punches for the first minute thirty. <laughs> Sounds so easy. And then after that, you kind of just slip the jabs and hit him. And then when he blinks, you hit him, and you get the stars. And I can get like one, maybe even two knockdowns on him. But then I'll get hit once, and I get knocked down, and it's like I just I, I, I lose the plot. I just completely like choke. I I choke. I just choke. I think I've only gotten to like the second round with Mike Tyson once. And it's so discouraging when like the little interim scene is like, was it, was it Big Mac? A little Mac. Uh, uh, Oh, Doc. Yeah. Doc is standing behind little Mac and little Mac's face is just destroyed. (laughs) It's got this huge black eye on like both eyes. And then there's like a third black eye in his face. Raw hamburger on a stick. (laughs) He looks, he looks just, he looks like you feel and you're just like, Oh man, he's just gonna come out there and like breathe on you and, and you're, you're select gonna, as fast as you can, and, and, and it's just nothing is yeah. happening. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, just on some level, video games kind of are a window into humanity, mm-hmm. and in this case, the window in, into my humanity is kind of choked when the pressure is on. <laughs> that's not a good feeling if you're like eleven or twelve, because you know this thing like you that was, that was like one of those classic games like you'd get your friends over, sure, and it's play video games. Oh, it's play Mike Tyson, and everyone would take turns. And I got to the point where I'd be like, I'd play all the way through, and I'd go get to Tyson, and be like, well, you know, why does somebody else if somebody else want to try and beat him? Obviously, I can I can handle this no problem. But you guys, if you guys want to try it, that's totally cool. In your the rest of your life as have there been other Mike Tysons who you've confronted and failed or has <laughs> actually the actual Mike Tyson? The actual Mike Tyson. No. I don't know. It's just like I said, it's just it's one of those things where I'm was pretty good at NES video games and still am. And the fact that I 
this is something that it's almost like this rite of passage. Mm-hmm. I just I just can't do. All right. Well, and, yeah. let's, Richard came out swinging. Well, I came out swinging and missing and missing and getting pummeled in very emotional. I like how emotional this has become. Uh, what's your first one, Michael? Um, I have four categories this week. Uh, Always with the that's categories. Shocking, oh, Michael. my God. Shocking. That's how I do it, you guys. <laughs> Uh, the guy, that stupid villain, the ultimate nullifier, and the tech. Uh, so my first one is the guy, and this is Matt Silverstein. In junior high, Matt Silverstein would take you to town playing Street Fighter 2 across the street from our junior high over at Pizza Guy. <laughs> and Matt was the guy that could beat you with Zangief regardless of what character you chose. Oh, wow. He was so good with everyone that it didn't matter how good you thought you were everyone has like a couple characters that they're good with or and they have a sure. backup character sure. backup characters always like ken or ryu uh those honky bastards <laughs> <laughs> but um matt was just so incredible that you like and it's i think it, it kind of extends to when you're playing against people online now if you're playing right. like uh a multi-person uh shooter that there's always some you know 10 year old kid <laughs> Uh, that's in Canada, that it doesn't matter how old you are, how how long you've been playing games. They're just, they're always going to be better than you. I have this one memory of like the new version of Street Fighter would come out and we would go to Magic Mountain for whatever reason, like Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition or Turbo or whatever came out at Magic Mountain and we paid in. We paid to get in and... You paid to get into Magic Mountain just to play the video game? Yeah. Wow. And Matt was already better than everyone. And it was so frustrating. And you're just like, <laughs> I, I, I will never, I will never beat yeah. this one person who is just better with every, with every character. And there's eventually got to be, you know, 16, 20 characters and you could choose M. Bison. You could choose Vega. You could choose all of like the next generation characters who were stronger and faster. Didn't matter. And he'd still like be E Honda and just like grab you and throw you. And you'd be like, I, I hate you. Is Matt Silverstein a name that has been changed to protect the innocent, or is this a real guy? And can we invite him to respond <laughs> to see what his? Uh, I should find him. I, I should do a video, like uh, like a YouTube thing, where like Michael tries to play him today. Yeah, I'll like, try to contact. That would be great. We'll do a Skype or Twitch. <laughs> I'll try to. We'll con- Twitch that. We can Twitch me getting my ass kicked on Mike Tyson. <laughs> that would be so good to go, to go back and t- or to, to find this guy from the you know eighth grade and yeah. just see how. If he could still beat me today. Yeah. By the way, congrats, guys. We just pitched a really lousy Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> also, I, I should point out this. The analog I have to this, and Michael remembers this, is our friend Clark. Sure. Mutual friend. I think we have. I think I wrote down a special shout out to him later on. Did you? Yeah. We um, one year at a Super Bowl party we went we went to. Um, there was a one of the rooms had a NES set up where you could come and just play. If you didn't want to watch football for a little bit, you could just play. And whatever games people had brought. And one of the games was TNC Surf Factory. And Michael and I started playing. Colin, colon, Wood and Water Rage. Yeah, please. Thank you. Yeah, get the, the full name out there. And we started playing. There's a surfing. One of the things you can do is component. surf. And it just, it's basically impossible. And I remember even being, a, when I played it, like when I was 12, and it's just a pain in the ass. Like, you, you get up to the top of the wave, and then you have to try and spin it, and invariably you just go flying off the back. Yeah. And Clark just showed up, oh, I remember this game. Bum, 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 like, 40,000 points, and just, like, oh, yeah, I, whoops, I guess I'm okay at this. And it's almost like that person who, it's one thing, I'm sure Matt was really cocky about being good at it. 
Like in a, is that a fair assumption? Yeah, I mean, can you imagine Cause, that? Because like, Clark wasn't, and that was like almost the more frustrating thing. Can you imagine being like in the eighth grade and like this line of kids just lining up and putting their quarters on the machine, and he's put in one quarter, and he gets <laughs> to play everyone because he doesn't get to stop. Right. He's he's put played his he's put his twenty five cents in and is just there, you know, all for the rest of the afternoon mm-hmm. while everyone else is just plunking down quarter after quarter. Yeah. Matt must have got so much pussy. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Did you know I? I this is a little known fact that that rule still holds. If you go to a Starbucks and put a couple quarters on somebody's laptop, you got next on that laptop. <laughs> you can write a chapter in their screenplay. All right. So what do you got for your second one? To point this out, I don't really know new video games. There's not going to be anything newer on here than I think 1995. Hmm. So I don't. I don't own a PS4. I don't own a PS3. Most recent video game system I have is a PS2. Which means I can get all the cheap games at GameStop. Yo, (laughs) I got all the hottest games from 2002. Richard is wearing a Game Boy glove for listeners. Yeah, my my best friend is the Rob, (laughs) like robot. Okay, can we talk really quick? Let's do let's do like a mini Matt Rushmore of the worst peripherals, the worst video game controllers. Rob, Rob, Rob's up there. The game, uh, the, the Nintendo Power Glove. Yeah. Was terrible. Power, I had pa- it. power pad. That Remember was that? really bad. The one for the like the track and field games, where you'd like run really fast. Uh, the arachnoid controller. Do you remember that? It was a thing that just you just turned it the paddle back and forth, and it was it's like you're playing pong, and the entire controller was just like it just goes back and forth. That keyboard that Stephen Hawking had. Who needs that? Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> Jeff brings it all the way down. Good Lord, Jeff. Anyway, I had, a DD, I had a DDR mat at home. <laughs> Still does. I'm 35 years old. Then now I'm 47. Oh all right. So, yeah, these are all going to be older games. Sorry, new new gamers. I just I can't get I, not happening. Uh, Dragon's Lair. Oh, yeah. Arcade game. This is incredible. Oh, yeah. This was on my list for a long time before I, I this is great. In 1983, it was really the first game that. Use LaserDisc tech technology, yeah. and also I think the first game to use Don Bluth technology. <laughs> it was also one of the first fifty cent games. Is yeah, it was like one of the first games because it was so expensive. I think to yeah. develop, yeah. they had to get an extra bleed do for that yeah. extra quarter. And so, if you guys have never seen the game or played the game, you know most games you have sprites that you can control, and it's all kind of immediately responsive. But with this, it was like a LaserDisc that had animation, like actual hand, like. Not hand-drawn, I guess, there's computer, but... And you would move... Like, if you were going over, like, a, a maze, you would move left, and you had to hit it... If you hit it at the right time, your guy... You'd see, like, a a video of your guy going left, and if you didn't, he'd see the video of him, like, falling over and, and dying. It was it was all about timing that was so impossible. Oh, it yeah. was clunky oh, yeah, yeah. as hell. Because it's not smooth, because it's all, you make the move, and then the laser disc has to, like, read it mm-hmm. and then show what's happening. And I remember going to Blackbeard's Family Amusement Center in Fresno, <laughs> which was, like, the big, like, mini golf course, giant arcade. Shout out to thing. Blackbeard's. <laughs> yeah, what up, Blackbeard's? And I just remember being, every time I would go, I would be super excited to play it. It's yeah. like, man, 50 cents. Okay, nobody's on there. I'm going to go play it. And, like, die, like, immediately... Or even if I didn't die, this is one of the things is because it was on a laser disc and they only had so many scenes. And so they had to repeat the scenes after like you got past a few stages. But then they thought, oh, well, we can't just do that. So we'll flip it. So instead (laughs) of starting off having to go the left and then the right, because people will figure that out because it's so simple. 
we'll have you have to go to the right left next and then left. Well, you know, what's great about that. That's just kind of like that's just a classic animation technique in like Scooby Doo. Yeah. They're like running from left to right. Yes. And then you just use the exact same animation. Yeah. They're running from right to left. The same ice cream yeah. ghosts are chasing them. <laughs> <laughs> and I just like I said, that's just one of those games where you I would always get excited to play it and then play it. And then always remember, this kind of sucks. Yeah. But then next time I'd see it, there you go. And then, and then the worst part is, of course, you, like you said, you would lose 50 cents or two tokens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, when your dad is taking there like five bucks in tokens for the whole afternoon, that's like, you know, yeah. a tenth of your stash is just like I think when gone. I was, what I think gets me so emotionally involved in this category is we develop relationships with these movies and books and, and video games. And those relationships are very personal. I imagine I never have dated a stripper, but I imagine it's kind of like dating a stripper. where She's so attractive. That's her job is being attractive. Uh, but it's so mercurial, her behavior. She's has so many kind of requirements, things that you have to do to interact with her. And she costs 50 cents. She costs 50 cents. And she's dating other guys, too. <laughs> so so that's what's so frustrating about some of these things. OK, Michael, you're up next. What's your category? Uh, my category your- is that stupid villain. And um, one of my favorite games growing up was Kid Icarus on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Sure. I use the full term of Nintendo Entertainment System the way that in the NFL, the National Pundits call it the National Football League. Right. Um, there was. By the one, way, real quick sidebar. My favorite thing NFL football. You don't need to say football, it's in the name NFL. Go ahead. Oh, yes. Okay. Go ahead. Like when I go to the ATM machine machine. Yes. The Eggplant Wizard from Kid Icarus. And if you don't know this character uh, or this game, this came, game came out like 85, 86. It was broken into like three different types of levels. One was like this up-scrolling level. One was like a side-scrolling thing. And the other one was like this maze where you kind of filter through. And the hero, uh, Pit, at some point in one of the mazes, encounters what's known as the Eggplant Wizard who is just this horrible, stupid villain that all he does is uh, he turns you into this walking eggplant with just feet. You don't have any powers. You can barely jump and move. And you have to wander around the rest of this maze until you find the person that, cu- that cures you of of being an eggplant. And then you go through the you go through the, the rest of the game. Right. Only to encounter the same goddamn uh, eggplant <laughs> wizard again. And he zaps you again and turns you into an eggplant. And the music changes and it gets stupid. And what I like about this game, I, this was one of my favorite games growing up. And it was such a dumb villain. And it just so frustrating because you just had to, like, get to the part where you avoided him enough. Right. I don't remember if you actually ever defeated him. You just kind of worked your way around him. And it wasn't like he didn't kill you. He just, like, set you back <laughs> so far. And you just had to, had to like, reset and, and get your bearings again and retrace your steps. And it was just – it was so stupid. But, like, in that weird, like, early Nintendo Japanese yeah. weird yeah. sensibility, like, well, what we're going to do is uh, – yeah, he's going to turn you into an eggplant <laughs> out of, just out of nowhere. Yeah. There's like some sort of like translation thing that got totally lost when they're trying to tell the developers mm-hmm. what to do with the bad guy here. <laughs> OK, Richard, what's your next one? I think initially when we came up with this topic, I felt I was a little bit at a disadvantage just because most of the video games I play or played as a kid were sports video games. And by definition, those are a little bit harder to have your heart broken with, I think, because there's not like a. It's like kind of like this, you play against somebody else, 
It's football. You either win or you lose, whatever it is. You knock the dirt. You you live to fight another day. You yeah. Knock, you knock the dirt off your, your cleats and you get back out there. I guess the callus is off your thumb. Right, right. Um, so this one's a little bit different, but it's kind of in a different way than the first two. And it's Tony LaRusso's Baseball 1995 for the Sega Genesis. Now, I had this game in college. And fundamentally, it's a really good game. Like, it was, it was a Genesis game, but it had it had good, ba- good. It had good baseball fundamentals. Yeah, yeah, I really it was the Tom Amansky of baseball video games. It, it like the, the graphics were pretty good. The gameplay was like pretty smooth. Like for a baseball game in 1995, it was about as good as you were going to get. The problem was, after playing it for a while and really enjoying it, I realized that if you're pitching, if you just moved your pitcher all the way to one side, and when you hit the button to pitch, you just flick to that same side. You would throw a pitch that was basically unhittable, but if the computer didn't swing at it, it was a strike every time. Hmm. It was like the ultimate cheat code for the game, and it ruined the game for me. Oh. It became this game that I loved that suddenly became you could unplayable. Just, yeah, you were you a could, god in the yeah, game. You could, yeah, you were in god mode. Good, good way. Yeah, pretty it. much. And it was, it was like Frodo with the ring, because it's like the thing where you, you have this ultimate power, and you know you shouldn't use it. Mm. And you just think, well, I just won't use that pitch because I know that it makes the game unfun and impossible for for me not to lose. But then you get to the point where it's like, that's a tie game. A couple of runners on. I really need to get that out. Well, I guess I'll go with the super pitch. Flick. Strike out. And then, like, once you you put the ring on, once you've hid from the orcs (laughs) that first time, you want to do it again. And you want to do it again. The next thing you know, you turn into Smeagol and the whole thing is ruined. You know, could stop you, Batman, <laughs> in an armored bat costume <laughs> with a Krypton powder gun. I think we're getting our metaphors oh, a little sorry, mixed sorry. here, guys. Okay, but no, that's just that idea. There are some games that you loved, and then you figure out how to beat it. Sure, yeah, and then it just is not fun anymore. I, I, I think some games you like Super Mario Brothers. At some point, you learn how to get to level eight one. By only playing through three levels, you can use the warp, the warp pipe on right uh, level, uh, you know, w- one dash two, yeah. and then you take that warp pipe to four, four one, one, and then four two goes to. God, we still know this, by the way. That's it's wild. wild. But like, I I got down to a point where I could beat the game in, I don't know, eight minutes, ten minutes, just because, like, there's you get rid of the enjoyment of beating the game, and you're just beating the game. Mm. topic is Mount Rushmore video games that have broken your heart, but you know you can always suggest a topic to us via Facebook or Twitter. Let us know what you'd like to hear us discuss. Get in the dialogue with us, or if you have an opinion to share about some of the topics we've done already, let us know. You can find us on Facebook at MT Rushmore Podcast, and Instagram and Twitter, our handle is MT Rushmore Pod. We'd love to hear from you on any of those platforms. Let's get back to our show. Is there an addition door key and a door on the key on the keychain? Okay, Michael, uh, indulge us with your category and your game. The category is the ultimate nullifier, and the game is the Mario Kart series of games. And we're talking about that blue shell. <laughs> That's if, true. 
I think the blue shell was uh, introduced in uh, Mario Kart 64. It might have been the first one. Mm-hmm. It might have just been Super Mario Kart. Uh, the blue shell is usually the weapon that you get in, in the game where the person that's the far end of the pack, the 8th, 12th, I can't remember how many, how many they have in there, that zooms in and destroys whoever's in first place. And there is nothing more frustrating or demoralizing than seeing <laughs> the finish line and hearing the music of like the blue shell coming after you. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just like your <laughs> impending doom. It's like it's like it's like the the, the wings of uh, of uh, death or the Grim Reaper because it's going to get you. There's no there's no way that it that you can knock it away. Yeah. It will always. Well, it will jump. It'll no. go over things. Yeah, it will jump if, if it has to. It'll take the air. If you try to chase the leader, it'll go over. It'll go over stuff. Like it won't. It won't hit like an obstacle and just bounce away. Is no, but point. I mean, like, it will always get whoever's in first. That's place. my point. Yeah, like you can't get away. You, from yeah, it. yes, yeah. It's and I love the Mario Kart series. I love Super Mario uh, Mario Kart Double Dash was probably my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a great game because no matter how good you're playing, and no matter how good someone is. There is always some sort of mechanism for removing you from first place. There's always like you could be in last place and all you're playing for is the destruction of someone else. You're like, I'm in fuck you mode. So lightning going to get everybody blue, (laughs) blue shell going to going to knock you down to size. I've fallen off. I've fallen off the edge every time on this course. But I know I'm going to get that that blue shell. And at some point, I'll screw up somebody else's day. So now you've pretty much explained politics in 2016, (laughs) by the way. Uh, uh, Fact check, you were correct. First appearance was Mario Kart 64. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, which is the, to my mind, still the the gold standard. It was pretty pretty great. So let me ask about that category. What what are the other ultimate nullifiers? Uh, You mean like in other games? Yeah. That's a good question. I'm... um, I guess kind of like uh, if you're Mario in Mario Brothers and you get like the star yeah, uh, where you just become invincible. Um, it could be, uh, I don't know, maybe in like one of those games where <laughs> what was the uh, what, you use like a game genie code. Oh, and yeah. You, and you just uh, you just enter God mode and become invincible or like the unlimited lives in Contra. Yeah, you can enter a code where it just doesn't matter. Right. And no matter how badly you do. You have this thing. Any of the Konami games. All right. So, Richard, what's your fourth? Uh, last one. And before I get to this last one, I want to give a shout out to my friends at the Dini.com, the RBI Baseball Message Board, because I went online for some suggestions for this topic and got some good good responses from them. Um, if you guys don't know, I am or was a competitive RBI baseball player, the NES video game from the 1980s. This guy's so, ridiculous. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I hear a couple of the responses, and I used one of them for my last one because it, it was, I thought, a really good one. One of them from, from Gantry uh, was Ghosts and Goblins. Sure. Um, specifically because, you know, most people don't know in the pre-internet era that if you didn't beat the final boss with a shield, you had to play the whole fucking game over again. That's awful. I didn't even know that. Yeah, and there's a lot of games like that where it's just I, like you I, would you would get to the end, you'd get near the end if it didn't have like some sort of save function or way for you to kind of go back to a level. You could play for an, you know 45 minutes, do great, lose, and then have to start over again. I don't think parents really understood the trials uh, that we went through as as children, <laughs> where uh, you had to you had to finish it. Yeah, you had to either, you had to pause it. When you went to dinner and come back to it, and they they invariably turn it off. Yeah, and they don't, uh, they don't understand your pain. So TBG has super spike super spike volleyball can never be beaten. 
I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, Gurlos has the Back to the Future games for being his absolute favorite movies as a kid, but mostly bizarre, terrible games that were not incredibly, just incredibly difficult, but had nothing to do with the movies, which I think actually segues pretty well into my last choice, which is the E.T. video game for the Atari. Oh, wow. Which is... Yeah. Have we, you ever played that game? Yes. And it was brought up... You So you were the one. This is the one in the landfill. Yeah, I just hang out at landfills and just collect <laughs> them. Like a grubby little video game minion. Now, um, Shooty from the uh, boards uh, came up with this idea. And it sparked memories of the game into my mind. Because, and again, I'm a little bit older than you, Michael. So you probably don't remember. Do you remember the Atari system at all? Um, is that the one where... The old 2600, yeah. Yeah, Big yeah. Joystick yeah. and Pac-Man, terrible port of Pac-Man and all that kind of stuff. My friend, uh, my friend uh, uh, Josh, who came home one year from from New York with every video game for the Nintendo with Rob the Robot oh, yeah. and all that. Because uh, that's what they have in New York. Before, yeah. And, and it was like 85 or 86. And, and slices, his, the best pizza. <laughs> and his, parent came, his parents came back and he had every video game and Rob the Robot and the Zapper and all that. But then before that, he had uh, an Atari. Yeah. There was a one of the video stores in my hometown rented Atari games. Mm-hmm. Sidebar, you could also rent like Custer's Revenge and like the, the dirty video games, but they were up at the top <laughs> and you had to be 18 to, to rent them. The, dir- the dirty video games. Oh, yeah. No, you know, that use like, pixel penis that use like, <laughs> yeah, no, Sprite. No, yeah. Do you, you guys know about Custer's Revenge? It was like an adult game that was made for Atari. It was like unlicensed, but it was basically, it was like a really bad, you had to, there was like an Indian maiden who was tied up and naked, an eight pixel sprite for four pixels. God knows how many pixels they had back then. And like, Custer would have to go across as like Frogger to get to her. And if you did, his little 1982 four pixel wang would come out and go eh, 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 eh. and that was it. So, the, <laughs> guys, who's the dirtiest character in Western history? Custer. Yeah. <laughs> so we, I remember renting the E.T. game because it was 1982. I would have been six, maybe. And my brother would have been like in high school. So I remember we got really excited to rent this game and we rented it once. It was such a piece of shit. I mean, <laughs> a lot of times you know, there are those things where you. Yeah, it's become the stuff of legend now. Like you guys said, the landfill that has like a million of them. There, there was always a rumor that Atari had dumped them because it was such a bust. And it turned out they actually had dumped a million of them. <laughs> and sometimes you, you look back and you go, well, it wasn't as bad as. It's as bad as it's people remember bad as, it. Yeah. I remember I, I played it not too long ago on like one of those like Emulators. emulator type yeah. things. So basically, the story is E.T. has to collect pieces of his phone to put it together to get home, which I must have missed that scene from the movie. Mm-hmm. But well, he, 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 I mean, he basically, that was, that was his, that was his quest in the movie is he yeah. collected the bits the and pieces from spell. the speak and spell and the umbrella. And he built the phone in the, what was part of, was part of that quest that he had to keep falling into pits. Was that, oh, was that part when of he was it? looking for his phone? Yeah. Sorry. I was just hoping for the part of the game where he got really drunk to be, be, be in there. <laughs> looking for his phone drunk. Right. <laughs> like a sorority girl. <laughs> or me on m- many Saturday nights. So here's the game. Basically, he would try and get away from the government guys. And he would fall into these giant 30-foot deep pits because, I don't know, apparently that's just what you have in the woods. And sometimes the pits would have pieces of the phone. Most of the time it wouldn't. And the only way you could get out of the pit would be to very, you'd move up on the joystick 
and he would very slowly rise out, levitate, levitate out of the pit. Because yeah. I was going to say, he can fly. About, like, you know, a sprite a second. Yeah. So after about two or three minutes of waiting for him to come up, at the exact right moment, you had to, like, sort of, I think, like, go to one side. And if you didn't, he just tumbled back, and she so would just do this over and over again. It was basically like the video game version of the claw machine, <laughs> except with no surprise, no, no prize at the end. It was just, it was just poorly designed. Apparently, Spielberg really liked the fact that the Raiders of the Lost Ark Atari game had been such a big hit, and so he wanted to do something like that for ET. But because it, Spielberg didn't decide this till very late, and then they had a bunch of contract stuff to do. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark t- took ten months to put together. They got the same team together to do this game. So they gave them six weeks to put this together. And surprisingly enough, it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's every bit as bad. It basically broke Atari. All right, uh, Michael, what's your fourth? Um, just like Richard, I had a list of uh, other ones that didn't quite make my, make my list. Um, Kid Nicky, Radical Ninja. That was a game where, like, you take one hit and you're dead. And your uh, weapon was really ineffectual. The uh, the sound of like the music from the game still kind of haunts me and my sister to this day. Gumshoe was just a dumb game. Oh, all yeah. of it just terrible. Um, Jaws four, really, really <laughs> terrible. That's just surprising because the movie was so good. That's right. You would anticipate. And my last one, uh, which almost made the list, was uh, Top Gun, but that game was never fun to play. Oh yeah, you, you just, couldn't land on that it, big it was carrier. A, Forget it. The the only mission, like the first mission, was to land, and I could never do it. So it just it was a game that was never played. But a, a game that was played a ton by me and my um, friend Eric growing up. We played this game called The Seventh Guest, which was a PC game that was one of the first games on CD-ROM. And it, it, it was kind of it was very revolutionary in terms of it had these amazing like live action graphics. It was basically just a puzzle game. You'd go in and you'd have to solve puzzles and move around from room to room uh, in this house. But it had such advanced like the technology you needed for it to work was like top of the level. But then eventually the game would just stop working. And we played this thing. Like it broke? Like it the It just like it crashed. It, it would like it would constantly crash mm. or you'd have to get like a patch for it. And you'd have to download that from the internet, which mm-hmm. was super new around 93, yeah. 94, or you'd have to send away for something. And it's just it was just one of the like I love the game and of course surprisingly or not surprisingly you can download it on like your iPhone for like five bucks now and it works perfectly right of course <laughs> but like back then in '93 it was so amazing to see like these next level graphics that n- it never quite lived up to it and it was so frustrating because it was so fun and you're, you're sitting there trying to solve like the mystery of this you know whatever the yeah. stupid story yeah. is like the yeah. the doll maker kills <laughs> the toy master kills all these people in the house and you're kind uh-huh. of this omnipotent floating eye thing that kind of yeah solve problems but like it's amazing when video games promise so much technology and it almost doesn't matter if you're like playing like an NES and it crashed and right. how many times you would just blink out and you'd have to do the thing where you'd blow in it. Don't do that, by the way. <laughs> by the way. No, no. Don't no, no. Is this where you get into an argument where, out, where like, out, you use out. like the alcohol swab, which also you shouldn't do? Don't do that. Don't blow on it. You're just getting it wet. You've got a problem <laughs> with your pins inside the thing. Just go there and fix that. 
It's not the game's fault. Maybe, I mean, check to see if it's dirty. Are we still Might talking about a bad connection? Games? Sorry. Sorry, guys. I, it's like a public service announcement. I get very frustrated when people do this wrong. Sorry. Go ahead, guys. Okay. Okay, Richard has given the PSA Wait. for oh, pins. Okay. <laughs> Don't blow your cartridge, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> blow a lot of things. <laughs> Don't blow your cartridge. I want to see that. I learned it from you, Dad. <laughs> I think what people tend to forget, especially playing games nowadays, is that, like, you used to have to play games, especially on a PC, they came out on, like, three-and-a-half-inch floppies that could hold, like, one meg of storage or 800 kilobytes and you'd have to have an entire box full of these things that you'd have to load and reload and you know just to play it and then all of a sudden this thing came out that promised like the like it you know ten thousand times as much storage and and it still never quite worked Mm -hmm. and that was one of those games like along with um mist and like return to zork that me and eric would play and i'd we'd sit there at his computer and like, we just never finished because like the technology was never quite there to what was promised. I mean, we played on like his, you know, 486 or whatever the top level computer was. And he always got his dad's like hand me down top, like his dad would get the next one. He'd get the, the next, the three, the 286, the Mm -hmm. 386, 486. And like, it was just always so frustrating, disappointing to have this game that you'd love so much that you could just, the technology just never quite got Mm -hmm. there. Oh, uh, just real quick. I kind of kicked myself. I didn't put this on here real quick. Track and field, the arcade game. Oh, yeah. Where you used to play that pub and sub. That's one where, for whatever reason, I couldn't beat the hammer throw part. I don't know, if it's, I don't know why I remember it's this timing. Right now. You got bad timing. Bad timing on Dragon Slayer. Bad nothing. timing on Hammer Throw. But I, like uh, me. Bad timing on Mike Tyson. Richard's got timing issues. <laughs> just, I just like you don't have time. Time, I mean, okay, so in timing, we've both had uh, out of timing. Is out of are, timing. Yeah. Speaking of timing, we both registered all four of our choices, and now it's going to be a little bit of a recap. I'm going to say Richards, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, Dragon's Lair, Tony LaRusso Baseball, 1995. And then for his fourth, he kind of recapped some confounding games from his RBI baseball uh, board. Ghost and Goblins, Super Spike Volleyball, E.T. Atari game was kind of the one that he could tell got under his craw. Uh, Mike Winfield, the guy. Mike. Mike. Hello, Mikey. Mikey I'm, Winfield. Hello, I'm Mike Michael, Winfield. Or Michael, uh, the guy category had Matt Silverstein, the uh, uh, the wizard of Street Fighter 2, who could beat you with any God, character. That guy was so good. <laughs> the stupid villain, Eggplant Wizard from Kid Icarus, the ultimate nullifier were with the blue shells in the Mario Kart series. And the tech, seventh guest, CD-ROM tech back in the day. Just real quick, guys. Fans, I know we've got some some really good artists out there. If, if, if you can draw some sort of like your, your, your rendering of what it looked like when Mikey Winfield got his ass kicked <laughs> on Street Fighter, I'd like to know what you guys think. What was the other guy? Michael Silverstein? Matt Silverstein. Matt Silverstein. Matt Silverstein. I'd like, to, like, like you guys to tell us, what do you think he looked like? In eighth grade, what did this eighth grade guy in probably like what nineteen? Could, what did he look like? Haunts my dreams. I could draw him right now. I'd like to. I'll see, take up this task. I'd like to. I'd like to see some drawings of this from you guys. So please 
post this on our social media outlets, please. If you, if anybody's really listening, Matt Silverstein, please step forward. I'm sure there's a million things you can I'm beat Michael Winfield. <laughs> he beat you then. He's going to beat you today. Probably something. Okay, so uh, now I'm going to briefly tell what my video game that broke my heart was, and it was Mist. You brought that up, uh, and I was playing that on a 386 Packard Bell computer with Hell yeah. some button that said Turbo on it that didn't change the processor speed at all. And I also happened to be going through a divorce at the same time. <laughs> were they related to each other? Was the divorce because you're playing Mist too much? I guess I would say like the Island of Mist and my ex-wife were two things that I had no real understanding of. <laughs> they were a mystery to me. And I certainly could not decode them enough to kind of solve them. Um, but at that same time, a good friend of mine, my best friend probably, was going through a... He was getting his PhD and he was spending all of his time... Playing this game, you guys play Quake, probably you know Quake. Sure. Um, he said, I took two extra years to do my PhD because of Quake. Uh, it just confounded me, took all this time. It was my obsession. I could never get my PhD done. And then so he got some news that kind of just boggled his mind. And that Quake was developed by this guy named John Carmack from id Software. John Carmack was this kid who lived across the street from my friend. Huh. And my friend bullied him relentlessly. Mm-mm. took his like stuff he would steal his baseball he would steal like his some of his sports stuff when uh john carmack got into computers he was the guy who would go over my my friend was a bully He'd come over steal his joystick or something like, like a that. good guy by the way he's, he's, a, a, he's a nice guy but he just had a little bit of a problem being a bully and john carmack ultimately is now like a multi-millionaire who absorbed that's how it always is totally the david and goliath all right so it's time it's time for me to put on my judge robe to get out my gavel and determine who is the winner of this episode's topic, which is video games that broke her heart. I got to say, Michael and his categories uh, won the day today. Woo-hoo! Michael definitely put a lot of thought into it and a lot of thought into those different uh, ways that you can analyze those things that trouble you in video games. So great job, Michael. Go me game over <laughs> that's right i guess so for this one mike tico is up down up down left right left right suck <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time